have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You got to touch. You have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You got to be possessed with the dream. The dream. Yeah. What's up, guys, and welcome to Straight from the Chess Podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I am your host on this personal development, personal growth podcast. Listen, if this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. Welcome. If this is your 14th or 114th time tuning back in, thank you for coming back. It means a lot to me. And listen, if this is a podcast you derive any value from or you believe anybody else would derive any value from, please do not hesitate to share it with them. Share it with others on your Instagram stories, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Link us. Link the podcast. I would very much appreciate it. Help generate more awareness of the podcast, what we're doing here and who we have on. And I just thank you in advance. So, Without further ado, our special guest today is one of the Gronk brothers, none other than Chris Gronkowski. What's up, Chris? How are you, brother? Hey, man. It's Friday. I'm feeling good. Absolutely, man. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you doing the podcast. And, you know, you're a, you're a massive inspiration to so many people that are starting new businesses. And um, let's go into that right out of the gate. So how did Ice Shaker come into fruition, man? Man, so yeah, it's I guess like a lot of good ideas. I was looking for something for myself. Going to the gym, uh, sometimes twice a day, man. I was I was into it. You know, I left the NFL, uh, trying to get you know lose that 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 extra weight I was carrying. Uh, working out was always kind of my stress relief as well. So I was going uh, at least at least five times a week. But in this Texas heat, by the time I got there, I had my plastic bottle. The ice was melting. It was sweating everywhere took a sip of it, it smelled awful. And I was actually making like little sweat rings on the ground. I was doing like little designs every time I took a sip and put the bottle down. And I was like, this is so stupid. Like, what, what am I doing? Like, there's, there's so many insulated bottles out there. Why don't I just get one that could actually just mix up my powders and use that. So went home that day looking for it. And at that time, man, there was just nothing out there that was insulated kitchen grade stainless steel that would also blend. I mean, there was insulated bottles out there, but they had like these little tiny tops. You need a funnel to put it in there. You need a special brush to mix it out. Or there was just kind of like tumblers, like Yeti tumblers, stuff like that, where you couldn't shake it. If you try to shake it or like put your finger over it, just spray it everywhere. So that day I decided, you know, I'm just going to make the best bottle that I can for myself that I could bring to work, bring to the gym, use at home, use on the airplane, sit by the pool with it. Just make one bottle so that you don't have five in the sink at the end of the day and five different cups. I just wanted one bottle, super simple guy, one bottle I could use all day, every day for everything. That was the idea. Yeah, man, because as a, as an avid gym goer, bodybuilder, fitness enthusiast, I mean, those shaker bottles, they, they not only sweat, obviously, but they stink if you don't wash them right away. And so, and you more often than not end up throwing them away. And they're like five, six bucks, no big deal. <clears throat> but that thing's that doubles that up, man. And if you're like me, those are pretty much now your glasses in the kitchen. Like I got just a bunch of share cups from years back. And those are like my, those are just the, the go-tos, right? I barely have any, barely use any glasses nowadays. But so <clears throat> for those of you, for those of the, my listeners that don't know, and I'm sure that they all know who you are and who your brothers are and everything. 
I want you to talk about just a little bit of your background because, you know, obviously you were in the NFL, <clears throat> you went from NFL to an entrepreneur and talk about just, you're the middle of five brothers and talk about a little bit what it is to be a Gronkowski. For sure, man. You might, you might get some background noise, man. Cause my house now is kind of like it was when I was growing up, man. Got three kids here. Yeah. Dogs is a little crazy over here. So that's I hope all so. good. But, um, yeah, man, that's, that's what it was like. Uh, five boys in a household, just, it became mayhem. Like, I don't know how my parents did it, but take five boys and you bring all their friends over as well. It just became massive competition all day, every day, everything we did from playing in the backyard, you know, pick up baseball, stuff like that. We played little mini sticks in the basement with like the little, you know, memorabilia sticks that turned into, you know, a whole new game that we created uh, to just like eating, like who could eat more, who could eat the fastest, uh, you know, everything was a competition. If you lost, you know, you were mad. And if you won, you talk trash. So it just, you know, automatically turned into a fight every single time, no matter what, by the end of it. And that's how it was. But, you know, because of that, you never wanted your younger brother to beat you. And you always wanted to beat your older brother and everything you did. And competition just, you know, it, it really came out of us because of that reason, transferred over into sports. And then from there, you know, we were able to go to that next level and, um, you know, bring all that competition to football. So being in a competitive household, <clears throat> there are a lot of testosterone, man. And that you think that that obviously played a good role, I would say a progressive role in your ability and your just circumvention of becoming a man, right? So that the fact that you had a competitive side to you and you wanted to beat and you want, but not like you wanted to beat your brothers, like, you know, maliciously, you just wanted to win. But that had to have some carryover with your business. It had to have some carryover in you being an entrepreneur and you creating a product and getting it out and then inevitably being on Shark Tank and then scoring a deal with, with A-Rod and Mark Cuban. And actually, I think you got a deal from all the Sharks, right? Like you got offers from all the Sharks. Offers from all five, baby. Yep. Yeah, man. So, I mean, not, not many people have that and, and are get offers from even one. So you got offers from all five. You want to strike and deal with two of, in my opinion, two of the best sharks and, and arguably two of the best sharks for you because they're both massively vetted or vested in sports and everything. So it's like, I want you to talk about, cause my, our listeners don't know what it's like to work with Alex Rodriguez. They don't know what it's like to work with Mark Cuban. So talk about a little bit how that, that that relationship that conversation that conversational exchange flows every day or or whenever you have it yeah for sure so working with them is it's pretty cool but um kicking it back to the actual deal they invested seventy five thousand dollars into the company uh so you know to mark seventy five thousand dollars is like a penny yeah uh, for, for a multi-billionaire but um you know with that though uh he does a great job and he's on that show for a reason because he wants to help people live the American dream. You know, he wants to help you get to that next level and he does it for all the right things, the right reasons. So he built out a team uh, called Mark Cuban Companies where everyone in that company's job is to help support his investment companies. Uh, so I do have um, someone that I can call anytime that's a part of his team for advice, uh, get feedback to connect really, really for anything. Um, I have an advisor for that. So he does it the right way. And if I need to talk to Mark himself, I can, uh, you know, I could easily send him an email. The guy writes back within like two minutes. It's unbelievable. And um, he'll give me feedback that I need to know right away. Um, but I'm only going to go to him 
when I really need it. You know, at the end of the day, they invest in your company. It's still yours. You're still running it. You're still the expert at it. And I mean, how much does he really know about it? I mean, he's not doing the day to day. Uh, he can help with big decisions, uh, really like game planning, stuff like that. But when it comes down to knowing the business on a day to day basis, I'm by far going to be the expert and, and he's just there kind of to help guide and, and give some advice. So it's not like you, uh, you strike a deal and then you go chill and they take over your company. Yeah. Strike a deal. They help and you do all the work still, you know, that's, that's kind of how it is. So, um, but at the end of the day, man, the connections, the advice, it, it's huge. And just being able to say, Hey, Mark's a part of the company that gets me in a lot of doors. Yeah. I would, I would agree, man. Helps me negotiate too, um, you know, certain deals. So, that's, that's huge. That's absolutely what you need, uh, especially at, at the beginning stages, man, when no one knows who you are, you need that exposure. Plus you need the confidence that someone like Mark Cuban brings into your company for you. So uh, it's been, it's been massive, man. Um, A-Rod was a little bit different because he, he didn't have a team built out and he wasn't really in the retail space. His best asset was really helping promote the product and getting us out there. And at that time you had J-Lo behind him too, man. So we get one post from JLo. It's like, it was massive, but we never got it, man. I was trying, but never got, never got the love from them. Oh, uh, no. And um, Rob ended up actually coming into the company when he retired, he ended up buying Alex's shares. Uh, they did a pretty cool deal, but Rob really wanted to get in. Um, he asked Alex if he could buy him out and um, he wanted to, to kind of see what the business world was like. He's just leaving the NFL Wanted to, you know, kind of figure it out, see how it worked. And then he unretired right away and went back. So he hasn't really uh, dove into the company yet at this point, but um, he's been, he's been great for just promotional uh, assets as well. Yeah, I, I would say so, man. I mean, um, you know, since uh, he's had a little bit of a, uh, a little bit more of a push into stardom, right? I mean, like he's gotten a lot more notoriety, a lot more popularity throughout the years. At least I've seen, you know, when it comes like television and stuff oh, of that nature. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you're stoked on it, man. I mean, I'm sure there's a competitiveness in you that like, man, I want that too, you know, or, and, and I mean, we all do. We all want those accolades, especially when we see somebody like that's so close to us getting them. So it's only natural, but you're also happy and grateful that your that your kin your brother is had you know has that that has that um those opportunities as well you know so I mean I'm sure it's all love for you dude but um yeah I mean Rob's doing good you're doing great I mean the fact that I see more and more promotions for your ice shaker and they're getting it's you're changing it's not like it was when it was on the show it's much more. It's much more now. There's much more to the brain. You're doing much more, many more patterns of designs. Um, I just saw in your story today, you're you're calling your audience to say, you know, what kind of lid, gold lid, black lid. And that's just, and the fact that you want the engagement and you want the feedback, whereas most CEOs, they're like, I don't care what people want. I know what works. I'm the, I'm the expert here. And this is what you're going to get. Although that's obviously, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a business person, that's a bad move to make because the market is your business clearly. So, but you know, without delving too much into that, how has the ice shaker, how has the ice shaker progressed throughout the last or that the years you were on from the years you were on shark tank to now currently? Man, <laughs> this is great because we started and when we got on the show, we had one bottle, one color, one size. That was it. 
So well, the good thing about that was when we aired, all I had to worry about was shipping out one SKU. So shipping at that time was super simple. And it was good because there was no employees yet. Like there was, you know, it, it was basically out of the upstairs of my house at that point. And so if we had a, over hundred SKUs and got on Shark Tank, shipping would have been a nightmare. So um, from that though, we went and, and when we got on the show, we were at 80,000 in sales over the first six months of the company being in existence. After Shark Tank, the next 12 months, we did over 3 million in sales. So it, it exploded, uh, went from that one product, one SKU to over a hundred SKUs, probably within the next year to year and a half. And then um, did exactly what you said. You know, we asked for feedback and we wanted to know what people wanted. Uh, when we kept getting the same requests, we started making those items. Uh, when people asked for certain colors, lids, uh, bottles, sizes, stuff like that, we went and made them. So uh, we used the feedback of our customers to then develop the line. And we also noticed that a lot of our, our customers were female. You know, we made this product that I thought was going to be bought by men. Uh, it is used by men. But then I realized that you know, I do this myself. Most guys don't buy stuff for themselves. You know, they don't, they don't shop that much. So it's usually the girlfriend, the wife buying the actual product even if it's for the, the husband or the boyfriend. So uh, we realized that the females were buying a lot of product, but they weren't buying anything for themselves. So then we started coming in with more product that was geared towards the female demographic, like tumblers that were in colors that also worked well, like mermaids, unicorns, um, just brighter uh, colors that we, we knew would do pretty well with that demographic. So used all that feedback and uh, we grew, man. So that's, that's how it went. Um, one skew next next four years really just grew and now we're starting to get into um you know stuff like cooler bags uh gallon jugs can coolers stuff like that as well so we continue to try to make products that help people live a more active lifestyle yeah so i love the <clears throat> i love hearing about the progression of your company and i love hearing about how you're doing three million in sales now and whereas before it was you know a lot less than that um <laughs> I like, I like hearing about all those progressives, but the progressives don't come without the challenges and the hurdles. And those are just inevitable in your business, whether or not you have Mark Cuban or people backing your, your brand. So what are some challenges that you face? I want you to tell me what the biggest challenge you face in the last, well, from the years of starting the company, from being on Shark Tank to now, what's the biggest challenge you face at almost if it did boot you out of the water and yeah, what man. kept you going. So, I mean, the, the things that really took us to the next level, I mean, the first thing was really building a team and making it a, a true team. So, you know, I, I got into this, I was super competitive. I'm coming out of the NFL and um, I'm trying to do everything myself. And I, and I did, you know, I was answering every single email, doing customer service, sourcing product, putting up ads, shipping the product, laser engraving the product, I mean, everything you could think of, you know, I was doing. And, um, the big hurdle was getting people to help me. You know, I, I felt like I could do it the best. I was the only one that could do it. I couldn't delegate any responsibilities. At the end of the day, we were kind of just flatlining. You know, you, you can't grow when there's no team. You know, you can only do so much every single day. So um, big biggest hurdle was building a team, delegating responsibilities, and putting a system and process in place where, you know, if I had to leave or I wasn't there that day, things still ran. You know, that, that was the biggest problem. I mean, for years, probably three years, if I left, like we were done, you know, there was, there was, there was nothing getting done, man. At that point, I could not leave for a vacation. I would work all weekends as well, just to keep up. 
and uh, finally realized after talking to people that have been there, done that, asking for advice, the biggest piece was, man, like your company is basically worthless if it cannot run without you, because who's going to buy it at that point? You know, if you step away, it's it, it can't run anymore. So you got to get it to a point where if you step away, it still runs 100% without you there. So huge hurdle for me to get over, started building a team, started looking at it like a football organization. I, I got to be the coach. There's got to be assistant coaches. There's got to be players. Let's set it up the same way. I know that system. Let's just take that into the business world and do the same thing. And once we did that, that's when we really started to scale up. Were you, when you did employ, because obviously process is important. People are important and, and they make your brand really. But for some people, especially making a product, they, 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 they see it as their, I hate to use this word, but baby. And so it's hard for them to release, release ownership in any regard because they don't want it to be in the hands of somebody who isn't there or who isn't, I'm sorry, who isn't them. So was that hard for you to release some type of control? Because obviously if you're scaling, you have to, you have to be able to advocate some type of control, release some type of control because you can't handle everything. You're only one person. And because of that, it's not going to be perfect. You know, you might, you, people aren't going to do things the way you would do them exactly. So was that hard for you to release some control building the process or building rather your team? That was the hardest part. I, I couldn't, you know, and then when I did, I would take it back, you know, it'd be like, Hey, can you do this? And then, you know, I would be sitting there like either watching them do it or critiquing it or just doing it myself after they already did it once. So that was the hardest part. And what I noticed is that you know, I kind of felt bad, like, you know, why, why, why am I making someone do something that I can do myself? You know, so it was almost like this feeling of like, you know, I, you know, like, like, you know, why am I making someone do something that I should be doing at the end of the day? So very, very hard for me to do. And then um, once I started doing it, though, I, I realized like the response to it was great. You know, I gave them some responsibility. Now they actually feel like they're part of the team. Now they feel like they can actually do something, get something done. And they actually, you know, they can make, they can make a difference here. You know? And so when I started noticing that, I'm like, wow, there's, there's actually something here, man. Like I, I'm not making them feel like I'm overworking them or anything. I'm actually making them feel like they're a part of something now. And so once I started delegating responsibility more, it then gave me free time to go do other things as well and set up the processes to help them more. So by far, by far, the hardest thing was building that team, letting go a little bit, but once I did, that's when we saw the growth, man. So, I mean, I think it's everyone's biggest hurdle at first is finding that first employee or, or letting someone do uh, and take over your responsibility for the first time. But once you do it, that light bulb kind of goes off and you're like, yeah, this, this is how you build. This is how you do it the right way. This is what I've done, seen my whole life with, with sports. Like, it's the same thing. You just got to bring that same structure and culture into the business world. Yeah, man, I agree. And, you know, the fact that the fact that you kept going when I'm sure there were times where you're like, well, let's talk about that. Was there ever a time where you're like, this is not going to make it. I don't know if this is going to make it. And you almost backed out. You almost had to, had to just call it, man. Uh, so I guess there's a couple cycles of the business, man. So, you know, at first it's absolute grind. You're like, you know, you first get the product and I had no plan. I get it. You know, I throw up some social posts thinking it's going to move and like you sell nothing. And then you're like, why am I doing this? I don't need to do this. You know, I'm, I'm actually 
have this other business my wife started is doing really well Have the NFL money like we're we're good and so at that point you kind of start to think but luckily I was super passionate about it. I love the idea so I'm like now nah, we're this thing's gonna work like let's do this so you get that and then um then you start having some success and what a lot of people don't know or realize is that when you want to grow a business you know even when you're having success and you're doing well you're still struggling you know you're, you're putting that all back into the company for two and a half years i didn't get a penny back uh, i also invested a lot of my own money into it but for two and a half years i lived off my wife's salary you know i didn't take a penny back every single penny went back into the company or into my employees pockets and I just tried to grow this thing as big and as fast as I can. So even when you're doing well, the numbers look good. You're still just, you're eating it, man. Like you're still just absolutely grinding. Like it sucks still, man. So oh, that that's rough that, you know, that's hard to get through because everyone's like, you know, you must be nice. Like, that's cool. And you're like, dude, I have nothing. There's zero cash flow here. I'm, you know, I can't spend a penny. Wife sitting there like, when are you gonna, when's this thing gonna make some money, kind of thing? And you're like, I, I see the the visions there. We're making, we are making money. I'm just putting it all back in. So that's tough, man. That's like a mental grind as well, where you know you're like, yeah, we're doing good, but we're not doing good, and this is this is kind of crazy. So that's tough, man. As an entrepreneur, just like grinding, grinding through that, and, and then just telling yourself like, this is gonna work. Like the plan's there. Like it is making money. It's doing really well. But we gotta just keep pumping it into it. So. That was tough for sure. But um, yeah, so many times, man, where you're just, you know, you double, you double guess everything that you're doing. Like, is this really going to work? You know, should we invest all this money into this new product? Uh, you know, should we make this deal with this company? Is this going to work out for us? So a lot of things happen um, and you just, you don't even know the answers until you do it. And you're not even really sure until you just get started. You just got to get started and keep going. Those words are so simple, but they're so profound at the same time. And there's so many people that don't apply them because they think, you know, naturally this is this popular narrative is to be an entrepreneur thinking that I'm going to be rich if I'm an entrepreneur. And that's absolutely not the case, at least for the first, I would say anywhere from like, you're talking about two to like five years, you won't see an ROI. And that boots a lot of people out of the water just on that, just on that notion right there. Also, you touched on something that I think that, that I want to talk about. And it's the fact that you have a wife that believed in you enough to let you ride out on her salary while you were pumping your vision and your dream and making this, a, trying to make this a reality, you know, and it, and as a man, and I think that most of our listeners, <clears throat> better men would understand this. That's a fucking hard thing to do when you're a man and you're not the provider that you want to be yet. You know, you're going to be a provider. You know, you're a high earning individual. You know, what's in you, but you don't have it to showcase in reality yet in real world. And that, that for a lot of men would be the thing that would just say, fuck it. I gotta, I gotta stop doing this. I gotta do something that just gives me security, gives me a paycheck every week because I don't want my wife to not be with the man that's providing. That is a tough thing. So the fact that she, you guys must be massively, you know, <laughs> tethered because the fact that she just let you keep going and not just let you, but believed in you enough to allow this to happen. And I'm sure it was tough for you. I'm sure you didn't want to 
ride on your wife's coattails. None of us men want to. That's not what being a man is about. So the fact that you, you know, you kept, you kept it in and you kept going in two and a half years and nothing's happening. People don't realize two and a half years is a long time for you to not see what you know is possible. You know, so that again, right there will boot a lot of people out of the water and they're just not cut out to be entrepreneurs. They're cut out to put entrepreneur in their bio and claim they're an entrepreneur, but they're not, a, they don't have what it takes to really go through the barrenness of what it takes to become something of an entrepreneur in the future. Because look, man, as, as you know, when I got into business too, the, I remember my second Thanksgiving at the table and we had, you know, we're all going around saying what we're thankful for. And people thought I was going to say, I'm thankful for my business. And I said, I, I remember saying distinctly, I remember saying business is a fucking burden. I hate it because it was to me, it was a burden. And this is something that I can't, I can't get out of though, because it's the only thing that I know that I'm good at. And so I have to keep pressing in it, but it's a burden. And it's just now started to become something where I can kind of release a little bit of that burden and it, and it kind of otherwise transitions into, um, I don't know, gratification or something of that notion. You know, it's like, it's doing like where it's, it's doing better now. So I can kind of, I can kind of step away a little bit, but before it was shit and everybody doesn't understand that. And they want to, they want to just, they just want to, I think they just want to put a mask on for Instagram and for Twitter and for whatever other platform they're on to showcase that this is what I am. I'm a boss. I'm a CEO. When they don't have any inkling of what it actually takes to be that and what, what kind of, what kind of barren state you're going to be in for so long. And the, the nights that your, 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 your thoughts are getting the best of you. And you're like, they're just telling you quit, man. This is not worth it. Look what you're doing to your family. Look what you're doing to your wife. You know what I mean? Like these thoughts, they plague you and they make you want to give up. It's almost like, it's almost like the devil himself is flirting with you and telling you, look, you don't have what it takes. Come over here, do this lackluster job, even though it's lackluster, it provides security, but you know that you have something bigger in you and you just know it's a matter of fucking time. And eventually other people will see it. And so then you got on Shark Tank and then Mark Cuban, Alex saw it in you. And then from there, pew, like a fucking rocket. But what would you tell people that are in your, were in your shoes are in your shoes rather in year one, when it was just kind of an idea and you're just getting the ball moving, what would you tell them? Yeah, I tell, I tell people, they reach out all the time, man, that they want to be entrepreneurs and I tell them from, from day one, man, you better be super passionate about what you're doing because if it's just about money, you're never going to be successful. You know, you better love what you're doing because it's going to be a ride, man. It's going to be a roller coaster ride, a lot of ups and downs. And for me, man, I could, I could have quit day one. You know, we had a bunch of product that came in, half of them were bad. I had to switch every lid out. It took me three months uh, in the upstairs of my house. At that point, I could have just said, yeah, I'm cool. Right? Yeah, I got, I'm good. Like, I don't, I don't really need to do this. But at the end of the day, I was passionate about it. I love being in the gym. I love fitness. I thought it was the best idea ever. And so I just kept pushing, man. So that's my, from day one, you better, you better love what you're doing. 
and you better be super passionate about it and you better be ready for a ride, man, or don't even start it. Just give up now. And it takes discipline, right? I mean, the same kind of discipline that you put forth in your body, because clearly you put forth discipline in your body, what you put in your mouth, how you treat your body. And that probably, that was obviously came before, you know, with going into the NFL, I'm sure you got into weightlifting in college, maybe at an early age, right? So it's like that kind of, that kind of stuck with you and that created a discipline in you that you transitioned into business. And I'm sure it helped you, right? Oh, big time, man. That was, that was all the way from when we were kids, you know, my, my family, my parents just, uh, it was all about, you're going to earn everything you have. Like, we didn't get stuff handed to us. We didn't get a free car. We didn't get to go to college because my parents were going to pay for it. It was, Hey, if you want to go to college, cool, you're paying for it. You know, if you want a car, cool, get a job, you know, uh, that's how it is. And then at that time, I mean, early on, like my parents didn't have money, so they couldn't give it to us. But once they did, you know, my dad went on to be, you know, 32 years in business, but he worked six years, two jobs to get there. And uh, it was now the second largest distributor of fitness equipment, but it was always, Hey, even now that he has money, he still don't give it to us. You know, it's still, you're going to earn it. Cause that's, that's, that's how you should raise your kids. And you need to know and respect that the value of a dollar and the value of hard work. And we did. So I think they did a great job of raising us the right way. And that whole mentality then transferred through with everything, you know, in sports as well. You know, go in, put the work in, earn everything you got, earn that playing time, earn that spot, earn that scholarship. Same thing, you know, same thing, then transition into business. You know, we're going to work, wake up, we're going to grind, we're going to earn it. You know, if you want to, if we want you as a customer, we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that you're happy. You get the product, you like it. If you don't like it, we're going to take care of that too. But we're going to put that work in and we're going to go over what anyone else would do to get your business and we're going to keep it. So that's how that's just day one, man. I think my parents just did an amazing job of raising us the right way. And that just transferred over. That's always been the mentality. I don't know anything else. Like people say, like, what's the motivation to get up and you know go to the gym every day or, or grind to the business? It's like, well, that's how it's always been. It's always been like that. Get up, get your stuff done. Even with sports, we weren't allowed to go to practice until we finished our homework. Like that was the rule. Even though we were this big sports family, it was still about get your work done first and then you could go play. I think that's important. The fact that your dad instilled those values in you and it almost begs the question, how was your dad raised? So was he raised kind of in that same household? Yeah, with nothing. Uh, he's, you know, he was raised where you want to go to hockey practice, you know, carry your bag and, you know, walk there. You know, that's, that's how he was raised. So same thing. Uh, you know, whatever you want, you better get yourself. You want, you know, you want a car, get a job. So same mentality that he was raised with as well. That's important. And that's, that's something that most kids wouldn't want to go through as with being kids, they would want their dad or their mom to give them things or give them a, a ride and, and kind of, kind of make things easier. But it's important, especially as men, that your dad doesn't do those things, your dad is hard on you, because then you won't understand or you won't have rather the refinement or the, 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 the callous to go through life in a way that helps better you because as men, it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different, obviously ball game for men and it's for women, but even more importantly for men, it's important that you get out in the world. And the only way you're going to get out in the world in a progressive way is if you're a little bit beat up beforehand, you're a little bit calloused beforehand, you know, and that comes by way of the way you, how you're raised. If your dad's always, you know, easy on you. And it's not to say that there isn't a, 
there isn't a, a, a there isn't a place for love, obviously, but also with the way that men show other men love is is showing them that you don't have to you don't have to do that. You can do it this way, showing them the right way to do it, but also allowing them to get beat up a little bit along the way. That to me is love, and that's what you do to boys. So because otherwise you're just gonna be pansies or pussies when they get into real life. And so that has a lot to do with the way that you do business, the way that you work out. I'm sure the, the discipline that's necessary to keep going every single day and just it's autonomous. Now it's something that you do. And I think that more people, if they adopted that mentality, it's just something that I do. It's not, a, it's not an option. It's not a negotiation every day. It's not an option to eat Burger King. I eat my meal preps every day. It's not an option to only do cardio for the day. I do, I train, I weight train this day. You know what I mean? Like it's not an option. It's not an option to not go to the gym. It's not an option. It's not an option to not do business or it's not an option to keep pumping your product, keep advertising, keep, keep on that grind, so to speak. Even though I hate using the word grind, it is, it is applicable in this regard, you know, like, so I feel as though most people don't understand what the hard work entails and you're living proof that you can produce the American dream. You just have to keep going. And that's, that's the narrative, man. You have to keep going. And if you stop, if you stopped at that one shaker that like, oh man, this is like, you were talking about how the, you had to replace all the lids or what have you. If you stop there, there would be nothing. And there would be no ice shaker. There would be no, there would have been no shark tank. There would have been no deal. There would have been no, and also not to mention there would have been no after product and all the things that you're going to do afterwards, you know? And so it doesn't, doesn't just stop here, but this is like the, this is like the catalyst, you know, ice shaker was the catalyst to developing Chris and what he's going to be and what legacy he's going to leave, man, you know, and that's the important thing to understand. You're much more than ice shaker. You're not just ice shaker, even though Chris, people know Chris is ice shaker and a Gronk brother. You're much more than that. And you're going to leave a legacy because of what ice shaker did. But if you never got started on the ice shaker train, then shit, you've never had the legacy that you're going to leave. And it's not just about having kids and have a legacy. Yes. All those things are massively important. But leaving something to your kids or leaving behind a work ethic that your kids can follow in pursuit of their dreams, that's monumental, man. And the fact that you do that, I think is a massive inspiration for everybody that's entrepreneurs that they're starting to have business startups or have ideas. I mean, you're an inspiration to so many, dude. So what would you tell people leaving this podcast? What would you tell people? as if you could give them a granule of hard truth that what it's going to take to make them to circumvent the piece of shit they probably already are right now. You know, looking at, looking at the, when I say piece of shit, I mean, they could be better. They could have more, they could do more. So what granule of truth would you give them? Yeah, I'll tell them this, man. This is this is what this is a game changer for me and was something it was hard for me to do at first because I man I was always about just just get it done no just do it let's get through it let's get it done but um you know you have to have a plan like when people used to tell me like yo set a goal 
have plans, I'd be like, nah, I'll just, I'm just getting it done, man. Like I get it done all day, every day. I'm putting that work in. I'm cool. I, I don't need to put a, a plan on a piece of paper. Like what's that going to do for me? But, you know, as I started reaching out to other people, talking to mentors, talking to people that have been there and done that, you know, man, a game plan is huge. It's absolutely huge. And it also lets you pivot when it's not working. So if you don't know where you're going, you don't know how to get there, you're not going to make the adjustments either. So, um, you know, with that, like put it on paper, man, uh, whether it's a diet, whether it's a workout plan, whether it's a business plan, a budget, a forecast, whatever it is, that's, that's been my game changer, you know, losing weight after I was done playing, I put an actual workout on, on paper. I put an actual nutrition plan on paper and I did it and it worked because I did it every day. Cause I had a plan that was there in front of me that, you know, if I didn't have it, I would have said, Oh, I don't know what to do today. I just, I just won't do it. But since it was there, I had to do it and I got it done and, and it worked. And I, I lost 30 pounds. I was the most shredded I've ever been. People are like, you should go back to the NFL. I'm like, nah, I, I lost all the NFL weight on purpose, but it was the same way with business. The same thing. I, I kept asking, you know, my dad, I, I kept asking other people that were successful around me, you know, what took you that next level? And they said, well, you know, what is, what is your, your budget and forecast? What's your plan for this year? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't really have one. They're like, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, yo, at this point, I can pretty much tell you what I'm already going to make next year because I have a budget. I have a plan that we've had in place. We know the data, we know what's happening. We know how to get there now. Why don't you have one? And, and so once we did that, same thing that happened to my dad, he said he three X the business that year he did it. You know, same thing with other mentors, you know, three to five X the business just by having the plan, having it on paper, everyone knowing what to do, uh, you know, just took him to that next level. So that's, that's my advice. You know, if you want to get somewhere, if you want to be someone, if you want to do something this year, put it on paper, get a realistic plan. Don't make up some bullshit and just throw it on paper. Like it has to be something real, put some time into it, put some effort into it, put the research into it, get it on paper and then, then do it. Cause once it's there, once you put that work in to get that plan on paper, you're going to actually take the time to actually do it as well. I love it, man. So look for people that don't know where to find you, how do they find you right now? Yeah, for sure. Check me out every social media for the most part at Chris Gronkowski. Uh, check out Ice Shaker at IceShaker.com. We're also in GNC, Vitamin Shop, Lifetime Fitness. Uh, we'll be in 1900 Walmart locations next month. So uh, it's it's uh, we're starting to show up everywhere. So you're looking for the best, newest uh, or customization. Check out the website for sure. That's awesome, man. 1900 locations. Jeez. It's cracking, man. We're getting there. We're getting there. It's again, it's showing up, doing the work, building confidence by showing up every day and then just trying to get better every day as well. You know, you can, you can show up and grind every day, man, but you got to find a way to get better with it as well. Or you just kind of stay in the same spot you're already at. That's it, man. You're a walking testimony of success, bro. And I appreciate you doing the podcast and I appreciate you taking the time. I know, you know, 30, 45 minutes away from your, from your business, from your family is major. So I just, I just want to extend that gratitude, man. I want to appreciate, I want to tell you, I appreciate your time and thank you, bro. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on today. Cool. Cool. Done.